All right, great singing tonight, and uh, great job on the verses, great job with the, uh, everybody on the sword drills, right? Um, you say, why do we do the sword drills? Well, it's important to know uh, where things are in the books of the Bible, um, and uh, of course, it just helps sharpen uh, our understanding of it as well, um, and it had been a while since we'd done that, so I uh, thought it'd be good to do that tonight. Um, all right, so let's take our Bibles. I want you to go to uh, the book of Galatians real quick, and then we're going to go to 2 Timothy, the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, and we're talking about uh, developing biblical standards and understanding what it means to have liberty in Christ. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, he says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Uh, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in this, uh, in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so he talks about uh, this liberty that we have in Christ, right? Um, and uh, we we're talking about uh, understanding there are uh, if we have, I don't know if we still have the, the graph up there that talks about we have legalism on one side, we have license on the other, and then right in the middle is liberty. Um, and Paul's speaking about this liberty that we have in Christ. And uh, again, this liberty is not to be used for the flesh, he says. So we're not just to use it for license, just whatever we want. You know, we don't just use it however we want, whenever we want. Um, and uh, we are to. Uh, serve one another, the Bible says, through this liberty that we have in Christ. And uh, turn over with me to the book of 2 Timothy, Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3. And uh, two weeks ago, of course last week, um, we had one of our missionaries in giving a report. Um, but we were talking about how to develop biblical standards and uh, what is a standard um, and why we need to have biblical standards. And um, we, I just want to kind of refresh your, your memory on some things, but a standard, uh, a biblical standard uh, is, again, it's a rule that I impose upon myself to help me to keep convictions that I have established from the Word of God, okay? Um, when we think about standards, we're, it's, it's something that we impose upon ourselves. It's a rule that I impose upon myself uh, to help me to keep uh, my convictions, these convictions that I have as I study the Word of God. Um, and we, of course, we need them um, because without boundaries, without uh, standards and convictions and boundaries, um, it's just going to lead us into license, just doing whatever, whatever we want to do, whenever we want to do it, however we want to do it, right? Um, and that's, that's not biblical, but at the same time, we have to understand that we, are, we have liberty in Christ, so we're not saying we have to do all these things uh, in order to uh, make God happy with us. We have to do all these things to, uh, for salvation or anything like that. Uh, we're talking about liberty. Um, and so these standards, these boundaries are there to help us to live in liberty, uh, that liberty that we have in Christ. And um, we, I, I use the illustration in Galatians chapter 2 where Peter caused division in the church uh, because he, did not, he didn't have convictions, right? Uh, Peter, when he was there at the church of Antioch, uh, while he was with the Gentiles, he was 
eating with them and uh, no doubt eating some of the food that they have, but it was when the Jews from Jerusalem came up and he saw those people uh, that he, he stopped eating with the Gentiles, he stopped eating what they were eating, um, and then began to, again, cause division in the church. Um, and of course, that's, that's not something that we want to do. Uh, and so he went from liberty back to legalism, right? Um, I've got to follow these rules because these people are here, the Jews are here from Jerusalem, and so I've got to do what they say. Um, and, uh, and so we're looking at uh, developing biblical standards, but understanding what a standard is and why we should have them is important. But uh, the next question we want to answer tonight is where do we get biblical standards from? I gave you a clue, right? Where do we get biblical standards from? The Bible, that's right. That's why we call them biblical standards, right? We get biblical standards from the Bible, right? So to be able to have right standards, we have to have a foundation for truth, okay? There has to be a foundation of what we build truth upon, right? So the standard for truth, of course, is the Word of God, right? And we would say, especially at First Baptist Church, we say that we believe the Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith, and practice, right? Uh, we would say the Bible is our final authority. We don't go to any other book uh, or anything like that. The Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith, what we believe, right? And practice how we live it, right? So the Bible must be the standard for, for truth, okay? Um, everything else we compare to the Word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse number 16, notice what he says. Uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, so we know the Word of God comes from God, and is profitable for doctrine, right, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works, right? And so he says, God has given us His Word for doctrine, right? That's to know what is, what is right, what we believe, okay? For reproof, that's to know what is wrong, Okay, for correction, uh, once we've gone wrong, how do, we, how do we get right? And then instruction in righteousness, that's how to stay right. Okay, so God has given us his word to help us not just to know what to believe, right? Uh, again, I think sometimes we just think the Bible just tells us what to believe but not how to live. Well, that's, that is, you can't, you can't have one without the other, right? If the Bible is going to tell us what to believe, it also explains how we're to live. And if the Bible explains how we're to live, it also explains what we're to believe. Okay? Um, and so it's important that we understand the Bible answers both these questions, what we believe, uh, what we should have our doctrine in, but also how we are to live. Okay? Um, so just, just for example, if we were thinking about this, um, thinking about the Bible being our final authority in all matters of faith and practice, and we're going to develop biblical standards from the Word of God, okay, um, what is the standard for marriage? Now, you can go and you can ask all kinds of people what the standard for marriage is. And guess what you're going to find? Lots of different answers, right? You're going to find lots of different answers, okay? Um, but we have to go back to what does the Bible say, right? Not what do men say, but what does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? God says, the Bible tells us that marriage is defined as a marriage between one man, and unfortunately in our day and age today, we have to define that as a naturally born man, 
and a naturally born woman. Okay, marriage is between a man and a woman. You say, well, you know, but uh, um, you know, um, the world says that that we ought to include everybody, and so it it should be okay for men to marry men and women to marry women, and uh, you know, if they're not sure what they are, to be able to marry whatever they think they want to marry, right? Well, look, the world can say anything that wants to say, right? But what is the foundation for truth? The foundation for truth is God's word, okay? That's the word of God. And so we have to come back and say, look, this is the foundation because if there is no foundation for truth, then we are just like the Bible says, every man is going to do that which is right in his own eyes, right? So somebody can say, well, I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a man and a woman. It can be whatever, right? Uh, you know, um, you know some, somebody up in New Jersey, I think this was a year or two ago, uh, got a court order that they were allowed to marry their vacuum cleaner. I'm not joking, people. That's, that, that literally happened, okay? A woman married her vacuum cleaner. You, understand? you see how everyone doing that which is right in their own eyes, what is the definition for truth now, right? Um, and so, again, we're going back to the Word of God. What does the Bible say the standard for marriage is? Well, God says that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what God's definition of marriage is, right? So, therefore, because this is what God says, I need, as a Christian and as a child of God, I have to set some convictions and some standards that say, you know what? It doesn't matter what the world says. My conviction, my standard is going to be that marriage is between a man and a woman. That is a biblical standard, okay? Um, what about the standard for salvation? Again, I'm just giving a couple examples here so we, we kind of know where we're going here in this kind of launching out here. What about salvation? Again, um, you go to the world and you can ask people, what do you think the standard for salvation is? How do you think a person go to heaven? You know what you're going to find? A lot of different answers. A lot of different ideas. Okay. Well, how do we know it's true? Well, it doesn't really matter. You know, everybody just, Everybody's getting there their own way. No, everybody's not getting there their own way, right? The Bible says there's one way. That one way is through Jesus Christ. Well, you, 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 you're just narrow-minded. No, we're just going back to what truth is. What is truth, right? Truth says that Jesus Christ is the only way. It's not through a church. It's not through good works. It's not through baptism. It's not by being a good person or keeping the Ten Commandments or saying so many prayers or, or giving so much or anything. no truth, the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So what are we doing? We're setting a standard. We're setting a conviction. That we have a conviction that the Bible teaches that salvation is only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ, through faith in Christ, right? So I'm going to set a standard that it doesn't matter what other people say. I'm going to go back to the Word of God and say, this is what the Bible says, and therefore, I'm going to follow what God's Word says. Why? Because the Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice, in what we believe and how we live our life, right? I believe what God says about marriage, and therefore, I'm going to make sure that in my life, I define marriage between as a man and a woman, right? And that's, that's what I'm going to teach. That's what marriage is. You say, well, people say, well, people will call, say that you're, you're hateful or, uh, or you're a bigot or you're, you're racist or something like that. 
look, that doesn't change truth. It doesn't change truth, right? Again, this is why we have to have these convictions and these standards based upon the Bible, not just based upon our own ideas or our own feelings or our own, you know, whatever. It has to come back to what does the Word of God say, right? Why do you say, well, you know, people, you people that just say that salvation is only through Jesus Christ, you know, you're just, you're just unloving and, you know, you should just, you know, let people just believe what they want to believe. Well, if, if I let people believe what they want to believe, then the Bible says they're going to die and go to hell. They need to be told that Jesus is the only way, just like I had to be told that, right? We had to be told that Jesus is the only way. And that's the message that we want to preach. We're not preaching that First Baptist Church is the way. We're not preaching that baptism is the way or being good. It's through Jesus Christ, right? I believe that. I put my faith and trust in Christ, and therefore that standard is I'm going to preach that as well. I'm going to teach that, okay? Um, so we, as, we, as we study through some of these things, we have to understand that Scripture reveals a principle and then that principle yields a conviction which then suggests a standard, okay? So again, Scripture is going to reveal the principle. Salvation is by grace through faith, right? So that's going to yield a conviction. I believe that salvation is by grace through faith. And so my standard is going to be, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to tell people. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to teach it because that's what it, it goes back to the Word of God, okay? Um, so a scriptural principle, right? Let's kind of define some of these words here. Uh, scriptural principle, uh, I think I did this a few weeks ago, but just to kind of uh, make sure we're clear on some of these things again, um, is it's an observation of what God has said in his word, right? Again, how do we know that salvation is by grace through faith alone? Well, we just talked about that this morning, Ephesians 2. By grace are you saved through faith, right? For by grace are you saved through faith. Um, John uh, 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, okay? So we find scriptural, we find these scriptures that teach these principles, and then through these principles, we develop this conviction. So what is a conviction? A conviction is a firm belief based upon scriptural principle that I've seen in God's word that then compels me to change how I live, right? This, this conviction is going to compel me to change, right? When I saw that the Bible says that, that salvation is by grace through faith, then I have to be willing to change and say, okay, it's not by works, it's not by the church, it's not by baptism, it is by Jesus Christ. So I have to change to agree with Scripture. You see, what, what happens so many times is we want Scripture to agree with us. So we, we say what we want, but it doesn't really line up with Scripture, right? We have to find out what does God say first and then if, it's, if we're wrong in what we think and how we see it, we have to be willing to change. Am I willing to change to what God says, right? Am I willing to change, in my opinion, of marriage that, hey, maybe I've grown up thinking marriage, it can be anything. Well, now that I see that marriage, God says that marriage is between a man and a woman, am I willing to change my conviction on that? See that salvation is only by grace through faith. Am I willing to change my conviction on that when maybe I've grown up believing that salvation is through the church or through a baptism or through being good or whatever it is. Am I willing to change to line up with what God has said, right? And then we have the, as these convictions, we begin to develop them through the word of God. Then again, we're going to put standards 
right? We're going to put a standard there, which is a rule that I impose upon myself to help me keep my convictions, okay? Uh, these are rules that I'm going to place upon myself. Now, again, there's, there's going to be different things as we go through here, but the thing that I want you to remember most about this as we're going through and, and trying to uh, develop biblical standards for our life, for me to do this, then I must be willing to love the Lord Jesus Christ more than anything. I have to be willing to love him more than anything. I have to be willing, willing to love him enough to want to please him, and I also must know the word of God well enough to do what pleases him and know what pleases him. I think many times the reasons why we don't in our personal lives develop biblical standards and convictions is because we don't really know what God has said. We don't know what God has said in his word, and therefore we don't really have an answer to it, right? Um, or we just borrow what somebody else has said. And, and so that's why it's important that we have, to, we have to go into this understanding, I'm not doing this to to please the church under legalism. I'm not doing this to please myself in license. I want to please the Lord Jesus Christ in what I'm doing. My love for him wants me to please him. And so as I study his word and see what he says, I'm going to be willing to change so that I can honor him and please him in my life. Okay? Now, there are certain things that God's word isn't going to specifically name. Do we understand that? Okay. Um, you know, somebody says, well, what about this thing? I don't, I don't see this in the Bible, right? Um, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that God says about phones. Yep, you're right. Nothing in the Bible that God says about phones, right? So just, just think how big the Bible would have to be if God listed every sin in every age, right? Uh, one, we wouldn't be able to carry it in in a wheelbarrow, Right? And two, we, wouldn't, we, we really wouldn't even be able to understand it anyway. Right? Um, I mean, think about people 100 years ago, 100 years ago, trying to understand internet. You say the internet's sin? No, I didn't say internet's sin, but there are things that are sinful on the internet. Right? Okay? So there's, there's going to be things that God's word doesn't specifically name, right? Um, you're not going to find a passage in the Bible that says, uh, don't go to a casino. It's not going to be there, right? Um, you're not going to find a passage in the Bible about cybercrime or internet pornography or phones or meth or you know these type of things. Why? Well, they weren't in existence when the Bible was written, right? These things weren't in existence, okay? Um, you say, well, then, then how, do we, how do we develop standards? How do we develop convictions about things that aren't named, specifically named in the Bible, right? Again, we would understand the Bible says, thou shalt not kill, right? We're not supposed to murder. That's clearly stated. We're all in agreement with that, right? It's pretty clear there, right? But again, there are things that we're going to deal with today that aren't specifically mentioned in the Bible. So how do we develop standards and convictions about things that aren't specifically named, okay? Uh, again, it would be impossible for God to name every drug that people are going to do, right? Uh, whether it's meth, uh, whether it's you know uh, cocaine or you know whatever it might be, there's just no way 
for God to be able to have listed every drug in the Bible. Well, it's not in the Bible, so it must be okay. No, just because it's not in the Bible doesn't mean it's okay, right? And just because it's not in the Bible doesn't mean it's okay, okay? Um, so what do we have to do here? Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So we have to use wisdom, right? We have to use wisdom in this. Again, this is just kind of example I'm wanting to, to show this, this evening, and uh, I, I don't know how far we'll get. I'm just going to go until, until I need to stop here. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, notice verse number 19 and 20. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Right? So here's a passage of Scripture, right? The Bible tells us that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? Our body belongs to God. When we accepted Christ as our Savior, we now belong to God, right? Your, your hands that you see in front of you, they're not yours. They belong to God, right? The legs that you have, the, the feet that you have, the head that you have, the, it's not yours. It belongs to God, Okay? That includes your organs, your heart, your lungs, right? Everything belongs to God. And so because it belongs to God, then do we not want to honor God with what belongs to him? Okay. Um, our, and again, please understand, I, under, I understand when you go to the hospital and things like that and they give you drugs or something like that, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay. We're talking about people that uh, are just taking drugs, uh, things like that, uh, to get a fix, to get a high, things like this. Are they damaging their body? Yes, they're damaging their body, right? So even though the Bible does not specifically say don't do drugs, don't do meth, don't do cocaine, don't do whatever, we can develop some scriptural principles to say, hey, wait a minute, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body belongs to God. And therefore, I want to make sure and take care of my body. Right? Come on. Amen. Right? It belongs to God. Okay? Um, now, again, there, there are going to be certain things that, um, you know, you're, again, you have, to, you have to be able to use wisdom in these things. Okay? Um, because obviously we understand that drugs are, are harmful to, to our body, right? The more we take it, and again, you hear about people overdosing and their, their bodies are just being wrecked because of all the drugs and things like this, whatever drug it might be, okay? Um, but I know a preacher many, many years ago um, that would preach against drinking coffee. Everybody's like, hey, whoa, wait a second, preacher. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, where did you just go, Right? right? Stay away from my coffee, right? And this is what he said. Well, coffee, right? Uh, coffee is, is it, it has caffeine in it. It has some other different things in it. They say, well, you know, it's not as good for your body as water. So then therefore Christians shouldn't drink coffee as well, right? Uh, or you can go, well, sodas, right? Sodas aren't good for your body, right? All the sugar and all that stuff that's in there. So then Christians shouldn't drink soda. Again, this is where you, you have to use wisdom here, okay? An understanding that, yes, drugs and things, we, we understand those, those destroy a body. They, they can kill somebody, right? 
Um, but yet at the same time, we also understand that when you go to the hospital and you're in pain and, and your, your leg is broken or you're going to need surgery, uh, you're very appreciative of those drugs at that time, right? So there's, there's a specific purpose for them. You don't want to just continue using them. And unfortunately, many people do get addicted and uh, they keep using them and abusing the drugs and things. And it, again, it hurts their body, right? But I have to look and say, wait a minute, if my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit of God is living in me, I belong to him, I want to make sure and take care of the body that God has given me, okay? Now, I'm going to say something here, and, and I, I, you know, the kids are already going to stone me afterwards, so some of you might stone me as well as, uh, on this as too, but here's the thing that we have to understand, right? A lot of times we, we preach against, um, you know, we preach against hard sins, you know, um, you know, adultery, and, uh, you know, we could preach against drugs and things like this, but let's think about it a second. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? Do you know, I would say probably, and, and I'm afraid I'm going to get stoned for this. Do you know what I believe? One of the, probably one of the greatest problems that many Christians have today, and especially in America, it's called gluttony. It's gluttony, right? We have so much, right? And we just take it in, right? You say, oh, preacher, you know, the Bible. No, the Bible does talk about gluttony. The Bible says that gluttony is a sin. That's a sin, okay? Uh, again, we have, to, we have to realize we only have one body, right? Whether it's drugs, whether it's gluttony, whatever it is, we, we have to understand, hey, I need to take care of the body that God has given me, right? And so I have to set some, some standards and things. Now, please understand, I'm not saying that you can't go to a, an all-you-can-eat buffet. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't drink soda. I'm not saying you shouldn't drink coffee. I'm not saying that, you know, if the doctor prescribes medication and things, don't take it. That, that is not what I'm saying here, okay? I'm saying we have to use discernment and wisdom in these things. We have to understand, wait a minute, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and I want to do everything I can to take care of this body that God has given to me, okay? Um, and so, hey, if I know that abusing drugs is going to hurt my body, then I need to be careful not to abuse drugs, okay? If I know that, uh, that drinking soda in, in excess and just drinking and drinking and drinking, that's going to hurt my body, then you know what? Maybe I need to step back from the sodas, okay? Uh, if, if I know that, that eating so much food is causing my body issues, right, then maybe I need to stop eating some food, Okay? We have to, we're developing these biblical principles here as we look at Scripture and say, okay, wait a minute. God says that my body belongs to Him, and so therefore I want to make sure to take care of what God has, has blessed me with. God has blessed me with this one life, and so I want to take care of it because I want to please Him. Now, again, this is where, this is where we can get really, really finicky and like, Pastor, you're, you're, stepping, you know, you're stepping out of bounds here. Wait a minute. Our purpose in this is we want to please him, not me, right? We're wanting to please the Lord as we find what God says. We're not just about what, what pleases me and what makes me happy. Wait a minute. If that's all it is, then just take the Bible and throw it away. If it's just all about me and making me happy, don't, don't, don't even study the word of God, right? But as we study the word of God and we find these biblical scriptures, right, Again, you read it with me right there. Your body 
is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own. You're a bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So again, I'm not saying don't drink coffee. Hey, I, I enjoy coffee. I, I like coffee. I'm not going to say that coffee is wrong. Now, if, if I'm just living on coffee and that's all I'm ever drinking and, you know, I mean, you know, I never drink anything else, I can probably realize that's, that's probably not going to be good for my body, right? Um, not saying sodas are wrong. Man, sodas are, you know, I enjoy a soda every once in a while, but I'm not living on sodas, right? Uh, food is good, but we have to be careful what it is we're eating, right? Um, and so we have to take some, take some wisdom and discretion in this, right? Notice what he says in verse, back in verse number 12 of this. Notice he says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now, that's a powerful statement that Paul makes here, right? He says, in Christ, right, all things are lawful for me. So I can just go live however I want? No, it's not what he says. Why? Because he says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. The word expedient means beneficial. They're not, it's not good for me, right? Um, and so, yes, is there, is there anything that can ever cause me to lose my salvation? No. So that means I can just go live however I want? No, because that's not good for you. It's not good for you to do that, right? And this is why he says at the end of the verse, watch what he says, um, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any, right? What happens? We, we, we allow ourselves to be controlled by something else, right? We're controlled by drugs. We're controlled by food. We're controlled by whatever it might be, right? And Paul says, wait, we have to make sure that we don't allow our bodies to become controlled under the power of anything else, okay? Um, and, and again, there, there's, there's other scriptures and things we can go to look at, but I, I'm just wanting to try to, to help you understand some things as we kind of begin going through this, right? So with scriptural principles, we can see that, yes, drugs harm our body, Therefore, we can develop a principle that says, hey, unless it's an emergency or I'm at the hospital or something, I need to be careful to not do drugs, right? Um, again, remember, though, a standard must follow a logical line, okay? There are scriptural principles that lead me to a conviction that suggests a standard, okay? There's, there's a principle here. My body belongs to God. Now, we have to be careful, though, with an attitude that if God doesn't name it, or say it, then I can do it, right? And that's how many times people look at the Bible. Well, there's nothing in there. God didn't say, don't do it. God didn't say anything about it, so therefore it must be okay, right? Again, what would please him? What would please the Lord? Not what is required or commanded, but what would please him? Turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Notice what he says in verse number 11. He says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So again, understand what, what the Scripture is telling us here, right? Scripture tells us that we are here, and everything has been created to please him. That's what he says. 
For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Right? So again, we're not here to please ourselves. We're not here to please men. We're here. We ought to want to please God in how we live our life. Look in Romans chapter 15. Uh, let's see, I think I've got the wrong verse here. Oh yeah, in, in verse number one, watch what he says. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, right? He says, we're not here just to please self, okay? Again, he's talking about encouraging, helping one another because it's not, we're not just to hear about self. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. So we're trying to edify, help others. We saw that back in Galatians chapter 6 or Galatians chapter 5 when he talks about standing fast in the liberty. We're not to use liberty for the flesh, but by love serve one another. Okay. Um, go back to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. What does Paul say here in verse number 10? He says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Again, Paul says, I'm not, I'm not living my life to please men. I'm not living my life even to please self. He says, I want to live my life to please God. I want to live in such a way that it, that it honors and pleases God in what I do and, and how I live. Again, and that's why it's so important that we read the Word of God. If I don't have a good understanding of the Word of God, how do I know what, what is going to please God? I have to get in His Word. I have to understand this, right? Again, far too often we make the mistake of projecting on God what pleases me, right? This makes me happy, so God, you, you've got to be okay with it as well. No, that's, that's, not what, that's not what God says, okay? And again, this is why personal standards require the application of biblical principles in our lives. It has to come back to the Word of God. What does the Bible say about it, okay? And as Christians, if we need rules placed upon us externally, right? If we have to have all these rules placed upon us externally, then really it is because we are not living by principles internally, if we're having to live by all these rules that people are placing on us, then it's because we have no principles internally. We haven't understood what God wants for us, right? Think about this. When we have children, we teach them certain things because we want them to be able to stop themselves from doing something they know is wrong before being forced to by a parent uh, or others in authority, right? Uh, we know we can't always be with them everywhere they go. So what do we do? We teach them so that they are able to stop themselves from doing what we know is wrong. Okay? We're instructing them. We're teaching them. Okay? We're teaching them what is wrong so that one day when they go out on their own and we're not around with them, whether they're teenagers or young people or adults, when they go out, we have taught them so that they won't do what is wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So we're, we're teaching them internally, 
we're helping them to understand these things internally, helping them develop these things so that when they go out, it doesn't have to be mom, dad looking over their shoulder. Are you, are you doing what's right? Are you doing what's right? Are you doing what's right? No, no. We're teaching them so that they understand these things internally in their heart so that when they are away from mom and dad, away from authority, they're going to do what's right. And so many times, instead of, instead of teaching our children to, to do what is right so that when they are away, they will do what's right, we just tell them what to do without really teaching them why they're doing it. And what happens when, when they leave? Oh, man, we're afraid. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, I hope they don't get into trouble. Wait a minute. If they get into trouble, where did that begin? It didn't begin when they left. It began back in the home by not teaching them not to get into trouble, right? We, we have to help them before they get out, okay? Um, that's why you say, look, if, if you wait till your children are teenagers to try, start trying to teach them the word of God and instruct them, you've waited too long, right? You have to start when they're young. You're, you're starting to in, uh, uh, put these principles in their lives so that when they get out and they're old enough to go out and, uh, you know, make decisions on their own, right? Mom and dad don't have to be there, okay? Um, and that's what, that's what these, these biblical principles are, okay? Um, I like what this man said. Uh, his name is Cavanus. He said, wisdom is the understanding of what is best among many acceptable choices, but character is the inner strength to do it. Spirituality is the heart to do it to please Jesus Christ, Right? When we teach our children these things, we ought to just not be teaching them, well, don't do it because mom and dad said so, right? Because if we just do it because mom and dad said so, then what's going to happen when mom and dad aren't around? They're going to do it. Well, mom and dad aren't going to know. When what we should have been teaching them is, this is what God says. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ wants for us. And here's the thing, no matter where you go, He's always going to be with you. So it's not just doing it, well, because mom and dad said don't do it, so I can't. But as soon as mom and dad are gone, it's free for all. No, 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 no. We teach them what God says so that when mom and dad aren't around, guess what? We can trust them because we know they're going to do it because they want to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to please God in their lives. It's not just about pleasing mom and dad, but it's about pleasing the Lord, right? So what's the difference between principles and rules. What's the difference between principles and rules? It's an interesting question. I had to stop and think about that one. The difference between principles and rules, right? Principles work for a heart that is seeking to do what is right. Rules are necessary for the heart that is always trying to do what is wrong. It's, they're away from God. I, said that, I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Rules are for rebels. Rebels require rules, right? 1 Timothy 1.9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but the lawless and disobedient. The law is not for people that are good. The law is for people that are bad. The law is made for people that are bad. Look, if, 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 you, if nobody ever stole anything, guess what? We wouldn't have a law that says don't steal. Why do we have a law that says don't steal? Because people are bad. 
we steal things, right? Um, and so we have to understand rules are because we, we're wanting to push the boundary. We're wanting, we're wanting to try to go to license and just do whatever we want, right? And so we have to, well, we've got to put some rules in, right? Let's put all these rules here so that we don't go to license. Well, that's, that's not what we want to do. We don't want to put rules just to keep us from doing what is wrong. No, we want to stand fast in liberty. The principles here work for a heart that is wanting to do what is right, right? I want to please the Lord in my life, right? If I'm wanting to please the Lord in my life, then I'm not just going to go over here to license and just do whatever I want. If I'm wanting to please the Lord, I'm going to find out, Lord, what, what, is, what is honoring to you? What is pleasing to you? And then I don't have a problem doing it. It's not a rule that I have to follow. It's, hey, this is what I think is honoring to the Lord, and so I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow that, right? I'm not into license, but I'm not into legalism as well. And this is why, again, there is such freedom from those who are seeking to please God. Those seeking to just honor God and please God with their life, man, I'm telling you, there's such freedom in it. Because it's not about, have I kept all the rules to please God? No, it's not about just doing whatever I want to do. No, no, no. It's, I want to honor God with my life. I want to please him in what I do. And so as I study the word of God and I search scriptures and I find biblical principles here, it's not going to be a problem for me to follow. Nobody's going to have to set a rule for it, right? I see what God says and God's working my heart. So you don't say, you know what? I, I want to honor the Lord in that. And so therefore to honor him, I'm going to set a biblical standard for my life because I believe this is what God wants for me. And therefore I'm going to do that. Now, let me just say this. Um, there may be times that you need to uh, break a rule um, to keep a principle, right? There may be times that you have to break a standard or a rule to keep the biblical principle. And I, I think you'll understand this when I, when I say this, okay? Um, and again, I, I understand there's always bad apples and things like this, but uh, for the most part, we, uh, we understand that our police and law enforcement, um, they're there for our protection. But um, police, they break the speed limit. If they're trying to catch a thief or if they've been, a phone call has been made and somebody calls 911, um, they don't pull out of the sheriff's station, they don't pull out of the police station like, oh, the speed limit's 35 Oh, 25. We've got to obey the law. Is that what they do? No. What do they do? They come flying out of there, right? And how many, if you were the one making the phone call to the police, how many of you are thankful that they break the law? You're thankful they break the law? Yeah, absolutely, because you want them to get there as soon as possible. You don't want them obeying the speed limit when you make a phone call and your life is in danger. You don't want an ambulance, right? You're, you're dying, and the ambulance is like, well, we got, sorry, dude, it's the hospital, it's 20 miles away, but we're on a 25 road. School zone. Back to 25. You don't want them doing that. You want them to break the law. Why? Because the principle is what? A life needs to be saved. There's the principle, right? A life needs to be saved. And so therefore, the 
the rule is able to be broken for the principle that is there, right? How many of you, if, uh, if those of you that are married and uh, you've had children, some of you may have had to, to experience this, um, but man, I'm telling you, if, if your wife is in labor and you've got to get to the hospital, um, I guarantee you, your wife is not telling you, go to the speed limit. She's not going to say, you know, honey, you're going five miles over. Please slow down. She's like, honey, go five miles over. Ten miles. Get, get us there. I'm not having this baby in the car, right? Get us, to that, get us to the hospital. If a police officer pulled you over because you were breaking the speed limit, would you not want a police officer who understood the principle? Hey, your wife is in labor. Hey, Go ahead, man, go, go for it. In fact, a lot of times what happens is the police officer will actually lead you to break the law. You're like, I like that dude. <laughs> but why? Because of the principle that's behind it. A life must be saved, right? And I think it's clear that God would have us follow the spirit of the law, right? That's the principle, with a heart to please him rather than the letter of the law, which is the rule, right? Um, and this is, again, we, I think we even find this in Scripture, right? The, the, the table of showbread in the Old Testament was that that bread was supposed to be for the priests, right? The priests were the ones supposed to eat the, table, the bread from the table of showbread. David comes along and David said, hey, I need food. What did the priests do? Well, sorry, dude, we don't have any food here. You can't, you know, you're just going to have to starve, David. No, they said, well, the only bread that we have here is the, table of show, the bread from the table of showbread. David said, I'll take it. The priest said, bah, what's up? Sorry. Nope. Can't break the law. Law says this is... No, what did they do? They gave him the bread from the table of showbread. Why? Because they understood there was a principle behind it. A light. Somebody needed food, right? And this is, what, this is what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders, they couldn't understand about Jesus on the Sabbath day. How dare you break the law on the Sabbath day and heal somebody? Well, one, he really didn't break the law because he didn't do any work. But two, they couldn't understand that the spirit of the law is more important than the letter of the law. Here is a man that has been crippled all of his life. And instead of understanding, hey, this man can be healed. No, 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 no work. Doesn't matter if you have to heal this man, but yet they themselves were willing to go out and release their own donkey and take it out to water. Well, what happened to the letter of the law there? You see, they, were, they wanted the spirit of the law for themselves, but not for anybody else. And this is what Jesus many times rebuked with the religious leaders of the day, right? Um, look in Romans chapter 2. And uh, I'm just going to show you a couple more verses here and then... Um, Romans chapter 2. Notice verse number 29. Watch what Jesus says, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. Well, wait a minute, that didn't make sense to the Jews because the Jews, it was all outward thing. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. You see, to the Jews, to be a Jew, it was all about the rules, all about the letter of the law. God says, no, to be a true Jew is about the spirit of the law. It's about the spirit of it, not the letter of it. Okay? Um, and again, is, is this not what God does when he grants us mercy? What does the letter of the law say? 
The letter of the law says you have sinned, you deserve to die and go to hell. That's the letter of the law. Are we not thankful for mercy? Are we not thankful that God says, hey, this law, because of the principle that needs to be there, there is someone that needs to be saved. Even though the law says you deserve death and hell, God says, I'll show mercy. You see, even we are very glad that Jesus was willing to follow the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law, right? So let me just give you, and again, I, um, let, me, let me just give you one thing here real quick, um, and, then, and then we'll kind of wrap up. I, I wish there was more I could get into. Let me, let me give you one example here of how, how to do this, all right? So um, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Again, we're going to get into more of this um, as we go on. And, and please, if you have a question or something, you can, you can email me or ask me or something. Um, but again, there, there's three requirements to setting biblical standards. One, love Jesus enough to want to please him and not anybody else, right? You have to love the Lord, right? Know the Bible well enough to know what pleases him. That's number two. And then have enough Christ-like character, character to make it real. Apply it. Do it, Right? So let's look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 21 and 22, right? He says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, right? So here's Scripture. This is what Scripture says, right? Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, right? That's the Scripture. So a principle is going to be then, I need to make sure that whatever I do, Right? I'm testing with the word of God to find out, does this appear to be evil or not? Right? Because he says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Prove all things, test them, hold fast that which is good. So, hey, if it's good, hold fast to it. Right? But abstain from all appearance of evil. So I need to test all things with scripture because it's not just the inside, but God even cares about the outward as well, our actions. Okay? So, a conviction that I'm going to set for this then is I don't want to look like I'm doing wrong even though I may be doing right. Understand that? I don't want to look like I'm doing wrong even though I may be doing right. Okay. So again, these are mine. Okay. These are mine. This is not church. This is mine. These are Andrew Stensis's standards that I have set for myself. Okay. I'm just trying to explain how I've come to these things, right? Here's the scriptural principle, right? Here's what the Bible says. The principle is uh, I want to test things with the word of God. And then the conviction is I don't want to look like I'm doing wrong while I'm doing right, okay? So here's some standards that I have set for myself, okay? Uh, I mentioned this one maybe a couple weeks ago. I will not be alone with, a, with someone of the opposite sex. I will not be alone with a, with a woman, okay? Again, my, mo my mom, my daughters, my wife, that's, we're, we're not, I think we all understand what I'm talking about, okay? I won't be alone with another woman. Why? Well, don't you counsel? Yes, I do. Uh, don't you disciple? Yes, I do. Don't you do certain things like this? Yes, I do. Aren't those all good things? Yes, they are, right? But I want to avoid the appearance of evil. Why? Because somebody might not know what I'm doing, right? 
Um, again, I, I, won't, I won't be in a vehicle, uh, I won't be in a vehicle with, with an, a, a woman that's not related to me, right? Um, not going to happen, okay? I'm just, that, that's a standard I have set for myself, okay? Now, again, here's the standard. Here's the rule that I have imposed upon myself, okay? Not going to be alone with a woman that's not related to me, okay? Should I then, okay, I'm just feeling you out here, seeing what you think. If I'm driving down the road and I see that someone has been in an accident and there's someone lying on the side of the road and they need to get to the hospital, they're going to die, and I walk up and I see, oh, it's a lady. What should I do? The rule, my rule that I've imposed on myself says, hey, I'm not going to be alone with another, with a woman that's not my, related to me. But here's a woman that's dying and needs to get to the hospital. What should I do? Look, we all know what I should do, right? I get her in the car and I take her to the hospital. Why? You broke the rule. That's right, I broke the rule. Why? Because of the principle, her life needs to be saved. She needs to get to the hospital, right? But somebody just says, well, hey, pastor, can you pick me up? I need to go to Walmart. Nope. Sorry. I'm not going to take you to Walmart, right? No life needs to be saved, right? Um, do you understand what I'm saying here? The rule that I've set for myself is I'm not going to be alone. Why? Because I don't want to have the appearance of evil, okay? But at the same time, there are going to be maybe certain instances where I may have to break that rule because of the principle. There's another principle that's behind it, okay? Just like somebody needs to get to the hospital, Okay. Um, again, because of this, um, I, I don't hug or touch other women other than, than a handshake. Okay. Uh, that's just, again, it's a, it's a rule that I have imposed upon myself. Okay. Now I'm going to say this, there, there's some, there's some very wonderful ladies in this church. Um, and, uh, there's some very dear elderly ladies in this church and they'll come up and they'll give me a hug. Oh, I've broken the rule. No. There's a, there's a principle behind that, right? Okay? Again, I'm trying to avoid the appearance of evil. Okay? I, I, don't, want to, I don't want any evil to be spoken. You know, look, I, she's not here tonight. Miss Betty. Miss Betty comes up. She says, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a hug. You, you don't think I'm going to give her a hug? <laughs> of course I'm going to give her a hug, right? Um, you know, now, look, guys, hey, your wife comes up and says, hey, can I give you a hug? No. You can't give me a hug. Well, wh- why? I, I just want to avoid appearance of evil. Amen. Somebody comes walking in the church. They know I'm the pastor and I'm hugging on somebody else's wife. <laughs> what? Well, p- pastor, you, it was just a friendly hug. You and I might know that, but what do they know? I've just made it a principle, a standard in my life. I'm not going to hug another woman that is not related to me. I'm not going to touch her other than the handshake, right? Um, that's, that's a principle that I've set for myself, right? Um, again, these, these are mine, right? B- based upon this, this scripture uh, and this principle, this conviction that I have, these are standards I've set for myself, right? Uh, I won't let my kids or even myself, 
right? And I don't even know if they sell these things. I know when I was a kid, they, they sold these things. Um, but candy cigarettes. Well, it's just candy. Well, one, why do you think they're selling candy cigarettes? Because they're trying to get you to think there's nothing wrong with it, right? So as you get older, you start buying the real cigarettes. Well, I'm just not going to let my kids or myself buy candy cigarettes. I don't know if they, again, I don't know if they still sell this anymore or not, but they used to sell grum, gum, grum, what is grum? Um, they used to sell gum shredded up to make it look like it was tobacco, right? The little, the little round tins of, you know, oh, you know, and skull, you know, you see the guys with the tobacco in the pocket, you know. Hey, hey, let's get them while they're young, right? Let's get them starting to buy those little things. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to let my kids or myself buy those things. Well, it's just gum. Well, let them buy a stick of gum from Juicy Fruit or something then, right? Why? I just want to avoid the appearance of evil, right? I mean, again, I I stick a candy cigarette in my mouth and somebody drives by the church and I'm outside. What are they going to think? Well, I know it's candy, but they don't. You say, Pastor, you're too hard on yourself. No, I just want to please the Lord. I just want to please the Lord in, in my life, right? Um, I, I, won't, I won't go into a bar and drink a soda at the counter. I'm not going to do it, right? Um, now, I, I would say, um, and there are some people that, again, this, this, this is me. You, you may be totally opposite of this, right? Um, some of you say, well, why did you say you won't go, go to a bar and drink a soda at the counter? Because I've gone into a lot of bars, okay? Um, not to drink. What, why are you even thinking that? <laughs> Come on, really? No. If you go into European countries, you go into African countries, the bar is where you're going to go and get a coffee. That's where you're going to go and get food many times. They're just, it's gonna, that's where it's going to be, Right? So I may have to go into a place like that, but you know what? I'm going to make sure that I am trying to stay as far away from what I want people to envision it. So I'm not going to, hey, I'm drinking a soda. Well, I'm not going to do it up at the bar. I'm probably going to do it at a table, right? But even here in America, right, I am very careful. I, I don't, if, if, a, if, a, if a place is known to be a bar, that's what it's known for. Maybe they, maybe they sell a couple things as well there, whatever, that's fine. I, I'm just not going to go into it. Again, this is a standard I've set for myself, right? Don't go out here and be like, man, we can never live up to pastor standards. No, I didn't ask you to live up to my standards. These are mine that I have placed upon myself, okay? Because I've I've found a biblical principle because, again, especially as a pastor, right, um, there are are restaurants in town that sell beer and alcohol and things like that, but there are specific places that are bars, right? I think some of us would know probably what those are here in town, right? Right? You say, well, you know, hey, you know, they, they sell really good food. That's great. I, I'm glad for that, right? I'm not going to go there. Again, I park along the side of the road, and, uh, you know, I go into one of these places, and somebody sees me coming out, and I'm holding a little brown bag of my leftover lunch. So that's what pastor does when he's off time, right? Yeah. I, I just, I just won't, I'm not going to do it, okay? 
Now, does that mean I'm not going to go to a restaurant that sells alcohol and things like that? You know, hey, I go to Red Lobster. I've gone to Olive Garden. I've gone to Chili's. I've gone to these places. Now, I'm not going to go sit in the bar, right? But again, those are restaurants that sell alcohol, okay? And again, these, these, are, these are my personal standards, okay? And, and we're going we're gonna to get into this where there are going to be things that, will, that are different from others, right? Um, again, there are certain restaurants that I won't go into because of what they are known for, I'm not going to go any farther, okay? But just because of what they're known for, I'm just not even going to go in there, right? Um, I have protection software on every one of my electronic devices. On my iPad, my phone, my computer, my church computer, my personal computer, I have protection on every one of my devices. Why? Because I want to make sure that I'm avoiding the appearance of evil. Not only for my wife, for my children, but for people in the church, hey, I just I I, I want to remove all of those doubts of, uh, you know, what 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 what's he doing? Because look, look, I, I preach off of my iPad every week. I have I have an iPad. I have all my notes on here. I have thousands of messages on it. But I understand that these things and computers and phones can be used for wrong. We all know that, right? So why not protect yourself? Well, I, you know, I I don't need to do that. I'm I, I'm 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 uh, I think you're um, leaving yourself up to some danger there. But here's the thing. It's my standard. Mine. It doesn't have to be your standard, right? It's just my standard for myself, okay? Um, and so, again, there, there's, man, there's just, I know I've, I've gone so long, I'm sorry. Um, but, but I wanted to at least give you an example of, of a scripture and how I've taken the scripture and applied these principles and come to this standard in my life, right? Again, standards are, are rules that I impose upon myself, right? And here's the thing. There's gonna, they're going to be different with other people, okay? Um, and and I, I'm not trying to be, to, um, to be mean or anything like that, but there are going to be some people that will not go to a restaurant that serves any type of, type of alcohol. Not a problem with that. If, that, if that's the standard you have set for yourself, uh, not a problem with that. Because here's the thing, sometimes the reason why people have done that is because in their past, maybe they had a problem with alcohol. And maybe they, they, had a real, maybe they were a drunkard or whatever, and so they had a real problem with alcohol. And so anytime they get around wherever alcohol is being sold or drunk, it, it starts, that temptation starts coming back. So they have set a standard, I'm just not going to go anywhere where they serve alcohol. You know what? Praise God. I have no problem with them setting that standard. And I'm not going to look down and be like, well, why don't you go to Red Lobster? Right? Why don't you go to Olive Garden? Why, you know, don't you know you have liberty in Christ, man? Well, wait a minute. Yes, we do have liberty in Christ, but they have liberty to set that standard for themselves just as I have liberty to set that standard for me. You understand? So not everybody's standard is going to be the same. right? You can drive a Chevy, a Ford, a Buick, right? But you still got to obey the law, right? The liberty in Christ, we're trying to follow Christ. We're trying to be obedient to him. We're wanting to please him, not pleasing self, not doing it for others. We're wanting to please the Lord. As we study his word, we find these principles, then we can develop these standards for our own personal life, okay? All right? Um, I hope it's been a little bit of a help for you tonight. Again, we're going to go into more of these as we go through next week. Um, but I at least wanted to kind of go through a scripture and, and how, um, 
you know, how I come to these things and some of these standards that I have uh, placed upon myself and my family. Again, m- mine, right? These are mine, um, not, not for the church. I don't go around saying, okay, if you're going to be a member of this church, you have to adopt my standards. No, no. These are personal standards that I have developed for myself and for my family as I study the Word of God, right? Hope it's been a help. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for, for your word tonight. And uh, God, I pray you'd help us to realize how important this is. Uh, Lord, to develop these biblical standards. Um, and uh, Lord, I pray that even as we go through this, that you just give us wisdom and understanding in it. Lord, we're not trying to set rules and be legalistic, but we don't want to be just free to do whatever and under license. Lord, we want to stand in that liberty that you have given to us. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help us uh, to, be, to be wise in this. Um, Lord, give us understanding. Uh, give us discernment, Lord, uh, because we know every one of us is different. Every one of us comes from different backgrounds here, uh, and we're going to set different standards for us. But, Lord, we need to make sure that these standards come from your word, um, and we develop these things for our own personal safety uh, in our lives so that we can please you, uh, Lord, with a heart that just wants to honor you and how we live our life for you. And so, Father, I pray that you would just, um, Lord, just bless the week. Uh, We think of those uh, going and working at camp this week. Lord, just watch over them. Keep them safe as they travel. Uh, Lord, just bless them. And, uh, Lord, just give us a great week, Uh, just another opportunity to serve you, Lord, and to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.